Welcome everybody and as you know I'm always delighted to have guests on my uh, on my podcast and today taking a slightly different tack um, for me because I've started to move into the world of agencies and um, market agencies in that world of some work I've been doing with the BD100 and I met the lovely uh, Julie who we have to uh, today. Julie has just um, <laughs> into uh, setting up her own consulting business join the dots um consulting back into the world of um, marketing agencies and helping them fundamentally build the dna of new business culture behaviors etc into what they do in their world so i thought it'd be really interesting to get julie on and just share her insights and knowledge and expertise into what net new business what new business looks like in the world of marketing agencies and see if we can draw some comparisons and as she says um it needs to be a cultural part of your dna i'm paraphrasing from your uh, your blog post here anyway enough about me julie lovely to meet you uh who what why when where and as usual let's see where this takes us Great. Alex, lovely to be here. Thanks so much for the invite. And as you said, we just met um, on a hop-in uh, conference networking event, which first I have to say was a really good eye-opener for me because new business is all about building relationships. And I've so missed that, like everybody else, about getting to events, meeting face-to-face, having a coffee, having an atta. And actually the BD100 event on the events platform was quite good, wasn't it, from a point of view of accessing networking areas so you could sort of bumble off and click on a link and chat to people and uh, made some really good contacts so uh yeah it was really nice nice to catch up with you alex and thanks ever so much for the invite um so um yeah i a bit about me um i've been in new business for oh over 15 years now in various guises and prior to that i was in sales and marketing for brands like bacardi courage rothmans so i was a fags and drinks girl before (laughs) day um obviously don't smoke now but i still try to have the odd cocktail you know keep that keep that side of the business up um but i moved um having had some time off um to have my son i then moved into new business i didn't know i was going into new business i mean you know i don't think you start off going i'm gonna be a new business guru no but somewhere (laughs) along the line um uh, with my sales and marketing background, I started working for a, a UX consultancy when UX wasn't even a thing. <clears throat> no one knew really what UX was. Now it was 15 years ago. So it was a great get grounding. And then um, uh, I think the job I went through then was actually working for a new business agency. So I don't know if you're aware of these, but you know we basically had around 40 agencies on our books who didn't have the budget necessary to employ mm-hmm. new person in their company yeah. but wanted to engage with new new clients so mm-hmm. I worked with around 40 different clients and did a bit of rolling my C's up getting engaged getting outbound on the phone talking to people doing emails agreeing um, campaigns um, and then became the client services director for that so that was a real big learning curve so I feel I've got a real fundamental grounding in mm-hmm. outbound new business and and also the fundamental issues that agencies have about how they do that or how they don't manage to do that um and then i've been working um up till uh, just before covid for a marketing global marketing consultancy um where i was a global marketing new sorry global um, new business director and i was responsible for the marketing and the new business there alex and that was the eye-opener for me that was a bit that was like well, I always knew it was a struggle, but actually working with them being responsible and accountable for the marketing and the new business made me realise, gosh, it's so important that they work together. And that's where I got the name for my consultancy, mm-hmm. Join Up Dots, yeah. basically putting new business and marketing together. And that's really going to be where things are maximised and where you get those new relationships and also, you know, retain your current clients and 
build some great talent for any agency. So that's kind of how I found myself in at Join Up The Dots. So a bit of background. Yeah. Cool. And so you've been on the buy side and the sell side, I guess. You've been you know, on the receiving end of, of, of uh, agencies kind of pitching pitching you back in the in the day and then also being on the other side of the table in terms of pitching to, to agencies, which I always believe gives you that well-rounded uh experience yes. when you can kind of say look I've, I've been there and done it I, I i get both sides of the coin which then gives you that unique uh that unique experience i think it's always interesting when you sometimes you see you know on the management side uh you know managers coming in or new sales managers sales directors whatever they've never they've never carried a bag and it's like well how can you manage me if you've never picked up the phone if you've never done this and then you've also got the experience on the other side and Rothmans I just which was the fault we got we digress which was the F1 team that Rothmans sponsored was it um not was it Williams I think you sponsored I think it was I'm trying to think I used to have a branded Cavalier with Rothmans down down the side I mean it was amazing it was amazing I was like well what was I 23 and I was just like had this I had a safe in the boot so I used to go to the cash and carry load up the fags and I used to go to to all the news agents had to do 15 calls a day you know it's all this back to really good structured sales that's where anyone says to me you know what's you know what's been the thing that's been a success in your in your career and I think it's been down to that really good FMCG sales training and doing those 15 calls a day walking into a, a, a news agent when he's selling somebody something and you're trying to sell him some Craven A crap sorry but they weren't a good that wasn't a good brand my other brands were brilliant which are Rothmans's Peter Stuyvesant but anyway yeah I had the Cavalier with uh, with Rothmans down the front, front down the side but I got home and my mum just said to me darling do you have to have Rothmans down the side like, yeah, of course I have to have Rothmans down the side so um yeah that was my that was my background that's awesome. Anyway, I don't want to digress into Formula One. Monaco Grand Prix was particularly boring. So let's uh, start to unpack um, your your uh, building on the blog that you you've t- you know the top tips of making new business part of the agency DNA. And before we came on on air, it always sounds like we were sitting in the green room having a conversation. Um, yeah. You started to unpack a really brilliant uh, structure. Where I just want to let you just talk and let's work uh, work work through that. <laughs> Well, thanks, Alex. That's a good build-up. <laughs> I'm under pressure now. Um, but uh, yes, I mean, I think firstly, fundamentally, it's the cultural piece, isn't it, mm-hmm. about any business, you know? And uh, the last organisation I worked in, um, it was really important. New business was fundamentally part of the culture, but there was always mm-hmm. that struggle about clients come first, clients come yeah. first. And that's, I think, where we're, we're, you know, we're always in that space. So the most important, I think, think um, is to make sure everyone in the business um, is accountable that realizes that they've got a a role to play because at the end of the day new business is really just about building relationships Mm -hmm. and we all do that all the time you know whether it's down the pub over dinner or in a boardroom we're all doing that anyway aren't we We're all capable of doing that and that's part of our role so it's kind of firstly I think empowering giving people some element of um, accountability around knowing what the business does so Mm -hmm. just really fundamental um but really looking at your agency and thinking well does everyone in your agency could they all describe what we do effectively and, and would they come across and using their own words yeah. but really put our, our proposition across well so um one of the little projects that i did what well, wasn't a little project it was it was quite yeah fundamentally important process was 
within our organization luckily it was a really sunny do you remember when the sun came out Alex? it was a really really sunny summer um and we were in central london next to a park literally everyone in the organization from top to bottom so the intern right up to the, well actually not really the ceo ceo because he was a new business machine and he knew what he was doing clearly but anyone in between I literally right we're going to the parks we go out for a walk we walk around the park talk about well, what is it you think we do give everyone a little bit of tidbits a few case studies a few mm. sort of like just bits of information they might they might find useful and then I say okay we're going to get in the elevator because we were in the sixth floor yeah. right elevator pitch <laughs> we all know that about that so yeah. get in the elevator and they'd all have to pitch to me going up the elevator and um it first it was a lot of fun I got to know people a lot better um mm. but I think what actually it did is it empowered people to be able to talk about what we do as a business um yeah. in their own language um and so they were confident about that and also i think on a personal basis especially the younger ones it felt like they could actually when they go into a project meeting and we had clients like ford and toyota you see around a project meeting you know when everyone says well what do you do and there's kids have like literally been on their first major project they didn't really know how to describe what they did or or how they fitted into the business so it Mm -hmm. kind of helped them that as well which is a sort of side side thing but it gave them it gave them the confidence but more importantly it gave them an interest in felt they had something to do and quite often from then i'd have people come and say oh julie have you got um a a deck or a case study because i've been chatting to my friend down the pub and they're quite interested in this bit and that bit Mm -hmm. and you know that's where you you know that's where you get the business isn't it getting those little meetings and and referrals so i think fundamentally that was really important and then also also everybody was really interested in what was going on in the business then because Mm -hmm. they felt they were part of it so i go in the office and literally be right julie what what new business we got what are you up to what are you who are you presenting to what what services are going really well so it was starting that dialogue so i think fundamentally that was i'm not saying that's what you do but that worked really well for me in that particular situation so that was like the first I like the way that you, you, it sounds like you were empowering the team to use it in, the, in you know, say in their own words or their own language, rather than everybody has to follow the, the script because, you know, people have different ways of de- describing things. And if, you know, sometimes if you force somebody to kind of follow a script when you're in that meeting or that pitch, people know that you're kind of just following the script rather than actually describing in in your own way which sounds far more believable and enables you to be far more passionate about something you need to believe in it to to begin with but to just describe that in your own way rather than the kind of the the company policy as it as it were yeah yeah and let's be honest i mean alex if you were sitting down with a mate or you've met someone at a dinner party you know you give them a bit of spiel they say what do you do you give them a little bit of spiel but it's always a funny story isn't it you wouldn't be coming out with some sort of scripted answer you know and inevitably you'd probably take a bit of piss out of yourself wouldn't you you'd be like yeah 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 and then they go that's a bit interesting actually I'm quite interested in that you know um uh so you need to be confident what you're talking about and you have to have it in your own words so I think that's it it sounds very basic but actually it works and I don't think that the company I work with the only company who hadn't been through a process of understanding what they do Mm -hmm. and we all do like um you know, a lot of a lot of companies, and I, and I think a lot of my colleagues do a great job at helping the agencies position themselves. Mm-hmm. I work more on this marketing and, and new business proposition development yeah. um, and planning, but um, I've got colleagues who do a great job on um, agency brand positioning. So I'm not knocking that. That's not what this is about. This is really yeah. about you know describe in the four sentences what your company yeah. does and the benefits they could bring, and and why it's great to work with us. You know that that kind of thing, real basic stuff. Awesome. But um, I think that's the first bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, get everyone on board, get everyone confident talking about what the business is um, yeah. and get them um, interested in, in that and understanding actually new business is about growing 
the agency it's about their future mm -hmm. and if the agency doesn't grow as and i've spoken and worked with so many agents who said oh we had such a great year last year we had two clients and they did brilliantly but what's happened now actually those two clients things have changed yeah they need different things or different personnel have come in and we're not working with them now and we've got no clients yeah. You know, so I think when people really recognize, have to recognize that everyone has a part to play because there's a need for a pipeline. Because unfortunately, you know, you might have the greatest client this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be happening for the following year. So, Absolutely. you know, that's uh, that's the way of, of agencies. Um, and uh, so way of sales, full stop, I think. You're yes, exactly. Always, always drilled into me back in my recruitment days. You're only as good as your last deal. So, yeah, well done, but move on to the next one now. That's done, move on. That's done, move exactly. on. Exactly. Put it on your CV. Try not to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yes, it's just exactly that. So I think that's sort of the, the that's a, the cultural piece, but then mm -hmm. there's a whole practical piece, isn't it, about, yeah. you know, so um, I think the most important thing, firstly, is to have a look at your sales and marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't got one of those, please do talk to me. <laughs> Um, and uh, identify what the key tasks are, you know, and mm -hmm. who's going to do them, for goodness yeah. sake, you know, because you can come up with a great plan and everyone says, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to send out two emails every month and we're going to uh, create uh, three blogs every month and we're going to yeah. do X amount of LinkedIn posts. But, you know, Alex, from what you're, you know, with your lately, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. No. And a lot of people underestimate the actual doing piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, they're all focusing on, oh, but I haven't got time to write that blog. And it's like, well, you've got to write one blog in two months. Come on, mate, you can do yeah. that. Where actually this team of marketeers have got to create, you know, X amount of um, Twitter um, pieces. They've got to create X amount of blogs from this. They've got to create the graphics for it, all this kind of yeah. stuff. So you're not going into too much detail, but it's kind of breaking down what those key tasks are and who's doing yeah. them. And I think then you may well find that there's some gaps, you know, there's mm -hmm. some serious gaps within that because the most important thing is that the uh, marketing feeds the uh, new business and yeah. the new business knits up and joins up with the, with the marketing so mm -hmm. identify you know what the key tasks are who's doing them and then you might find some capability gaps um mm -hmm. and one of the things there actually is you know why not for example with the company i work for we didn't have anybody doing any video right. okay video is a there's an extreme part isn't there there's like you know basic talking heads kind of thing we're doing yeah. today and then obviously there's a company video mm -hmm. but just doing basic talking heads and creating some really good content we weren't doing that and we didn't have anyone doing it and we needed someone to do it and automatically it's like well let's get an agency and it's like oh, hang on a minute yeah. in the team there's a guy who actually really really loved video and photography mm -hmm. and he wanted to learn more okay brilliant so right prove your point put you on a course here's the equipment tell us what we need uh, crack on yeah. and that was great from his point of view and great from the agency's um, point of view because we've developed a new capability and we didn't have to pay for somebody outdoors to, from outdoors so i mean it sounds obvious but just look at Look at what people are interested in, what they want to do. And you might have people, certainly a lot of people like writing. Um, so, you know, get them to yeah. write, you know. Um, it's pretty basic stuff, but important. So um, it, it is basic, doing... but I think you raise a, you, I, you raise a really interesting point there around, and, and I say this to organisations that I've worked with in, in my previous life, you know, break down those assumptions. It could be, where, where it would be interesting to understand where that, uh, that chap, which division, which part of the business he works in, because to your point on, you know, video is is kind of blowing up in some respects in terms of it's a critical a critical point, writing, analytics, all this kind of this kind of stuff, or if you sell crypto advice, for example, 
you could have somebody in your IT team, or it could be your finance team, or it could be a you know, junior somewhere on the, the, you know, their side hustle or what they do at weekends. Is there a crypto enthusiast or they're a yeah. videographer in terms of filming wildlife, but you just default to, oh, nobody in our marketing team, because this must be a marketing thing, can do this. Therefore, we go outside rather actually thinking you've got probably quite a wide employee base. How about asking anybody who works for you? Can anybody's next anybody next person video? Oh, Bob, Sally, Jane in the you know in the IT department. Yeah, certainly. You know, in the yeah. kitchen for goodness sake, um, yeah. could be good at creating videos. So I think that it's you say it is basic, um, but a lot of organisations that I have worked with don't necessarily take that kind of step back and go. Actually, uh, building on your points earlier around everybody's responsible for for new business. What what do you mean by that? Is that the entire organization, i.e. everybody is responsible for new business or just the team that is responsible for new business? Well, I think it's the word responsible, isn't it? It's like, mm -hmm. what are you responsible for? Yeah. yeah, not everyone in the business is responsible mm -hmm. for bringing in a meeting and developing the pitch and winning the business. No, mm -hmm. but I think everyone is in, in the business is responsible for identifying opportunities to build relationships. Yeah. Um, so I think that's anything from when you're at a dinner party having a chat, mm -hmm. then if someone asks you about your business and they're interested, then follow that up, talk to them yeah. about it. See if you can get a meeting, put it into action. Yeah. Um, right through to, as I said, someone who's actually interested in video and doing videos. So it's kind of like you then, I think you've got a good point there, Alex, because you then unpack, well, what, who's actually, who's responsible for what and who's accountable for what? Mm -hmm. So once you've got agreement that that person's going to write the newsletter every month, then, you know, you've got to put that into their KPIs. You've yeah. got to make them accountable for it. It's not a fluffy thing. Oh, yeah, you like doing a bit of writing. Okay, well, can you do the newsletter every month? Because that's not what, how it works, because no. people move on and life moves on. So whatever is agreed and whatever gaps are filled and whatever processes are agreed need to be fundamentally, on. you know, they need to be included in everyone's KPIs and they need yeah. to be, more importantly, communicated to the business. You know, mm. so I think when you get to that point, you've identified the gaps. Yeah. who's doing what yeah. then that is embedded and people are accountable um for that so that's really that's really really important and we can come yeah. on to a little bit more about what yeah. that might look like um in a minute yeah um so yeah i think it's about identifying the different uh different um different important thing and i mean one thing really that is so vital but underlooked is data you know and actually from my my experience i actually gave somebody data she said i don't want to do this i was like there's nobody else to do it you're gonna have to do it it was the worst thing possible she avoided it all the time in fact in fact she ended up leaving i don't think it was just because of data yeah. But, you know, you've got to be um, realistic. Data is just such a big thing and it's quite often swept under the carpet and the yeah. database is so important. Um, so it's sort of from managing the database to making sure that, you know, you're, you're adhering to the legalities of it. Mm. Um, it's also making sure that there's emails and, and people's job descriptions are all in right. It's all put in right. And yeah. then there's how you're going to use that. So it's actually pulling that off, using it on a campaign. Um, uh, you know, you're using it for like your Christmas card list. So we've all been there, haven't we? We're going to send Christmas cards. Oh, has everyone got the addresses? Oh, yeah. I don't know. All your current clients. No, we haven't got that. <laughs> and the data is... Have I you done that, Alex? I bet you've done that, haven't you? Oh, oh God. Because... Yeah, completely agree. And I, I don't eat my own dog food when it comes to, um, uh, to, to data as well. I remember back in the day as a teenager doing data entry for some company, sat there going, you know, just filling in uh, spreadsheets as well. And, you know, what's interesting about data today is there's a, there's kind of 
dare I say, no excuse with the third with the technology platforms that are available. So, so much great technology. You know, That's what you need. It. Someone in data who's looking at the IT and the innovations around it to use that to make their database the best. That's what you Absolutely. need. You know, you've got Cognizant, you've got White Rabbit Intel, you then got products like IntraHive who kind of monitor email traffic and help almost automate the 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 data upkeep of your database or your, your crm system you still need to have the final hard kind of human eyeball to your point you still need someone managing managing it and monitoring it in terms of just making sure everything is kind of up to date but it's not like it was when you and i 15 plus years ago no. none of this existed and it relied purely on the human salesperson to make sure every time you're logging your phone calls or your meetings or whatever it is that you then update it into the crm meant to be during the event but of course we never did it during the course of the event you get to the end of the week and your management team would be on you because the system was empty it's like you oh, do your expenses <laughs> first alex expenses first and yeah. then your data <laughs> so, that was the important thing. expenses first then do your data exactly um on on the data bit then and we touched on this um again before we came on air in the green room the virtual green room the virtual green room <laughs> and responsibilities we've been talking about responsibilities so who Accepting the fact that not that not every organization may have the, the budgets for the kind of third party data um, providers out there to help kind of do all this. Who, who is responsible for this? Is it is it to your point and your, and your one individual if no one else is there to do it? Or is it is it the salesperson? Is it a combination of of, of both? How, how do you I think that? it's like it's the whole thing about everyone's accountable mm -hmm. because, you know, from someone who's setting up a project file for a new client. They need to make sure that their contact details are in the database correctly yeah. through to a consultant who might be having a, a meeting with a with a new business contact they should have make sure that's in and the new business person should obviously make sure that the any new contacts are coming in so it's really responsible it's responsibility for everybody and, and that's one of the things that can, can also can be lost and especially if you're changing systems um, yeah. we were moving from our own system to HubSpot, for example. So one of my responsibilities was actually to go around and do some basic training with everyone in the business yeah. to make sure that everyone knew how to um, go through the process of entering a contract, contact company, deleting a company, all of those things onto the onto the main um, CRM system. And that was absolutely essential because there's no point, they wanted to give it to somebody in the office to do it, but everyone yeah. needs to know how to do that. That's just like part of your job. That is important. That is something they need to be doing. Um, so that's one of those, um, I suppose, processes um, mm -hmm. and the capability gap with the training that sort of demonstrates what I was talking about. Um, so those, you know, it's sort of understanding all those areas. And then it's kind of, um the process and ways of working so i think one of the the really that we talk about data being important one of the other fundamental points is you know when you finish a project somehow or rather the new business person usually it's the new business director or manager yeah um would have a credit deck yeah they'd have mm -hmm. this these case studies but it's like where do these case studies come from as a new business director i didn't know the ins and outs of the projects um that had just been delivered obviously i knew the top line yeah but the person who's responsible for that is actually the consultant or the project manager who needs to complete that project by getting a testimonial by getting case studies and looking at collateral all those types of things and that needs to be written into a process process i know is a boring word but if you're <laughs> going to get that kind of output from it wow you need a process don't you yeah. so 
you know, you should have a case study for everything that you've done. You should have testimonial, video testimonial, ideally, those types of things. So that needs to be kind of embedded into the process and people need to be made aware that it's not just a case. Yes, it's important to get the PO. It's important to get the money. Of course it is. But hey, you know, let's let's rejoice and, and um, celebrate the great work we did with the client at that moment in time and talk about it and get a really good case study and testimonial as a minimum for example yeah. so that's really important that's a responsibility of whoever's running the project so that is part of new business because without fueling the new business collateral mm -hmm. part you know then you're not i'm not gonna have anything to talk about am i i'm not gonna have something to share with the clients so absolutely vital that absolutely and case study case studies always are the would seem to be the bane of all client testimonials seem to be the bane of everybody you know, every organization i've i've worked in is either we haven't got them if we do have them they're out of date or i don't even know where to find them in terms yeah. in, 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 or filing and all that kind of stuff yeah. you know process behind that you know i had an amazing um director of ops um trainer at my old company who's still a good friend ah oh, she was all over it all over it. you know how the file should be set up how everything yeah. should be and i was like being a salesperson fundamentally i'm like mm just want to get out there and get some business and you're just like but it's so important because you don't know where things are otherwise you and also you know collaboration on documents mm -hmm. you know who's actually doing what all that kind yeah. of things and a bit of a nightmare so i think that's um that's really important um and things around something for example like uh, events um really important for new business really important to engage with people but quite complex so have, have a separate process we used to call it like a cookbook um mm -hmm. So, you know, what's the process? Who's responsible? How should it work? To make sure that everything works, you've got the right topic, you've got your speaker booked, that's always a good one. Yeah. Um, and then you've got all your comms around it, you know, and who's responsible mm -hmm. for what? And where does a new business plug in? You know, how are we going to get those new clients to really want to come along yeah. um, and get involved? And how are we going to manage that relationship, hopefully afterwards, that kind of thing. So that's really, really important. So, you know, process a bit boring, but actually really, really important. And those are the fundamentals of kind of, Get everyone getting involved and points i suppose where everyone can feel um, involved and that's another thing something might in the business like doing events for example yeah. like organizing how many bottles of wine for how many people or whatever yeah. you know and it's really that that's a kind of important skill to have so you know recognize that i suppose so that's really good so yeah. that's kind of the process piece um and i suppose the other the other bit really the important piece is actually then how are you going to track this so have you got a dashboard yeah. You know, are you looking not just at numbers of calls and number of meetings and number of proposals, but are you looking at campaigns? Um, are you looking at your analytics? Are you mm -hmm. testing learning based on what you're doing? And all of those things are really important and need to be considered as to the process and, and how you pull marketing and your business together. So that's another part of uh, DNN. It might not be that the new business director is the best at Google Analytics, for example. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the responsibility of the marketing manager or director to share that information information and to get your head knock your heads together and actually learn and, and put plans you know next plan into place based on that so it's really important as well i think that's the, the that ties in with the data piece as well and if you if you it's it's interesting you to say that he he to say that maybe the new business director is not so good at google analytics they probably shouldn't be any good at good good at google analytics and even if they were that's that's the responsibility bit i would argue they are not responsible for that but they maybe are responsible for taking ownership of then going to whoever is responsible for the Google analytics going right each week or each month, you and I are going to sit down together 
you don't make any assumptions, just show me the data. I will then start to, you know, look at some trends going, huh, that's interesting. I can see from that, that started to tie in with, well, that happened six weeks before we were invited in for a pitch or we were called by, uh, you know, whoever it is. So you, it's, it's that piece. And the, the interesting narrative that I'm seeing in kind of the world of SaaS tech sales is, you know, the Forrester research that's coming out is that sales and marketing now need to work hand in glove across all industries Absolutely, you've got to start having that sales data and that marketing data start bringing it all together into one place and picking up your point exactly kind of having a dashboard that then starts to draw this all up and start to look at trends understand learn from this and they you know they call it dynamic guided selling so almost bring in that what's happening in the world of e, e has been happening in the world of e-commerce for you know donkey's years because it comes full circle to i hate the human to human bit but we're all people yeah. and we all buy as people so start to use the data and insight that you're gleaning based on your historical reference points understanding clients that you've worked with how did they buy from you what was the process and the journey that they went through what were the touch points that happened with whom in your team to get to that outcome of a win because if you're following all the behaviors that you've described recording data into CRM systems, et cetera, et cetera, you should then be able to start to build a bigger picture to then help you maintain and drive that pipeline moving forward. But also hopefully my sense is, I believe this, this will help you get ahead of potential dips in pipeline or, yeah, totally. or crises happening because you, you get ahead of that problem before the problems happened, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, no, totally totally um yeah yeah absolutely totally and i think also on the flip side of that you know um events are great um but they're very time consuming um and they can sometimes take your eye off the ball for other things so lessons yeah. i've learned is actually if you do too much in that area you mm -hmm. then find that you're you haven't delivered your linkedin your thought leadership you haven't yeah. delivered your marketing campaign you've all gone you know everyone's obsessed with bums on seats obviously that's not so important with webinars but when you're putting an event on in central london and you've got a bit of a, a budget against it there's a big responsibility to get the right people there and that is um, a mixture of marketing but new business as well um and sometimes that can take over so i'd also say i i have pushed back on occasion to say mm -hmm. look we did three events in one month and i was like no we're <laughs> not doing that again <laughs> uh, that's, that's, yeah that's that, that that's that's cr that's crazy speak um and the thing about events, and I think events is going to be, I'll get your view on this in a minute in terms of what you're hearing in, in your world, but in, in the old world, dare I say, um, is that events are created. And sometimes you see organizations, you know, big brands, three-day extravaganzas, no doubt amazing speakers, amazing content that's created out the back of those, off those events. But then... You know, I, I have technology which kind of watches and listens to hashtags. So you see that it's kind of a couple of days before the event online, lots of conversation, huge conversation during the course of the, the course of the event. And then it just tails off when you're thinking all that incredible content that you're sitting on, whose responsibility is it to then to make sure that that's being turned into talking heads, newsletters, blog posts, et cetera, et cetera, which you could then drip feed for the next 12 months out through your campaigns to get bums on seat for the, um, the next one, the next event. And so few organizations actually do this or do this effectively. But 
obviously the last 18 months or so events haven't happened it's interesting seeing what's happening in the in the us and australia they seem to be now coming back all offline if that's the thing what yeah. in, in your your world what, what's the world on the street in terms of events in in the uk and in agency world do you think they'll, they'll come back as they were or we've still got a bit of time i think there's a bit of time i think um it depends on who your clients are i mean what we're seeing is that like I think we had this conversation, tech, um, finance, especially people are wanting to come back into the office. People yeah. are going to be about getting out and about. And it is about, I think, you know, having an event where people have been working from home one week and then they're going to a big event next week. That's not going to happen. People have just got to get comfortable about getting on a train, for yeah. example, getting on the tube, getting on a plane, whatever it is. People have got to be comfortable about that. So I think we'll see certain sectors will come back um, fighting a bit quicker mm -hmm. and when you say events it could be also company events so i think that's where maybe agencies are going to start thinking about how they can bring people together without necessarily being all in one office and that's where i think we're going to see some internal okay. events and i think it's going yeah. to be a need for that sort of team building yeah. but i am hearing a lot of agencies actually aren't thinking about necessarily having an office um so they'll be yeah. thinking about different tactics about bringing people together but it's interesting you know i've heard some really good stuff I was talking to a friend actually yesterday who works at a university and she mm -hmm. was saying that they were talking about new ways of working and that a lot of the man a lot of people said actually they'd had more one-to-one -one time with their line managers being virtual than yeah. when they were in the office and I suppose thinking back when you're in the office you try and speak to your manager it's very difficult because everybody else is trying to talk to them aren't they <laughs> and you're sort of seen as a little bit of a kid you know come on, come on, can I speak yeah. to you um well, actually when it's a sort of more um uh, you know, you're setting up certain times to talk to people. So I know that's not quite the same, but I think there's going to be some lessons lessons learned. Um, but there's still, like, for example, Pharma, one of my clients actually is an events um, agency. Mm -hmm. And Pharma is somewhere where they're still saying we won't even be back in the office until next year. And so they're wanting and we're delivering some really exciting sort of virtual sort yeah. of phase two, phase three virtual. So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be a, a sort of pivoting pivoting position depending on what sectors and and the types of people involved yeah it's yeah and that's kind of what i'm what i'm hearing in terms of you know from from my world as uh, uh, as well finance um certainly the city i'm getting that hearing that more and more people want you know are going back into the office they want they but the employer is kind of being relatively restrictive in terms of numbers and what has to happen and and, and this and that but I then reflect back to what we were talking at the, at the beginning in terms of, um, you know, you mentioning that you kind of bounce off the buzz of the office and, you know, who's doing what, what's the latest kind of gigs we're, we're working on. That's really hard to kind of translate that into kind of a virtual world, be it on Slack, be it on Teams, be it on Discord, whatever kind of the collaboration platform is. And I guess this is an unfair question because we're kind of all organizations are figuring this out and you touched on kind of the the internal quasi virtual AR VR events, but how, how does one kind of still maintain that new business buzz? And I'm hearing that, you know, from out and out cold callers in tech world when they have to do this at home and at home by themselves. And they haven't got the buzz of they've, they've, they've had a crappy day of new business. They can't bounce to their colleagues who've also had a crappy day or, you know, pick each other up. So how, where does that all kind of fit into this online world we find ourselves? Um, well, I think I think it's really difficult. Um, and it's not especially in new business because we are kind of new business animals or people who are do bounce off 
other people mm-hmm. do get the buzz that's the kind of people we we are so I think it's really difficult for anyone to keep motivation up yeah. and I think it's just really identifying what's working and pushing forward with that and for me it's around talking with other you know like we did with the BD100 that was really great to meet other business development people and marketeers who were you know having the same challenges mm-hmm. and talking to them and what I found was you know new business is such a a broad skill base um capability base is that speaking to the new business people quite i've had some good opportunities where people say well actually i don't do that bit or i do this bit i don't do that bit so actually start collaborating more so that's me the exciting piece is that just because you're both in new business doesn't necessarily mean you're you know in competition um and that's how we started talking wasn't it really Mm -hmm. alex there's so much more collaboration and that's a bit I'm enjoying and that's why I'm delighted you said to come along today is actually meeting new people and starting new conversations you just don't know where those those are going now and that's what's exciting for me um so yeah I think that that to me is is where I'm getting the buzz is actually not necessarily talking to all new 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 business people but people who are in your field or in that area to build your skills but also lead on to other things and and I think that's what's super exciting you, you're absolutely right and that's fundamentally any any person who's any type of sales role it's about just starting conversations with, with people and you know seeing where it where it goes if it doesn't go anywhere ask for referrals anybody else that you think in my network I should be talking to and that's the beauty of um you know I'm I'm kind of desperate to get back into kind of face face to face I'd far rather be doing this with you in a room than in than in, than in this environment but it's it's this is great in terms of how we connected but just things like social LinkedIn you know we touched on that in the B in the in the BD100 think about your network just get out there and just start conversations with people online it's no different to you starting a conversation with a stranger at a dinner party in a, in a physical conference, just go and start those conversations with the people you want to be talking to online. And you can end up having multiple conversations with multiple people at once, which could then, you know, spawn into spawn. I don't know why I built for that's the wrong word. Um, can grow into, um, grow into, yeah. <laughs> new yeah, 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 yeah. No, yes, exactly. And I think that that's what, um, yeah, I think that's what everyone should be doing. And I think to be honest, the benefit of the ability to just have a Zoom call like this means that you might have access to more people. Yeah. Um, and I think if people feel people are more in the mindset of, well, let's have a chat. Um, so I've had some really good conversation with people I never thought I would even really think about why would I be talking to them and now it all kind of makes sense why I'm talking to them you know um so um it's it I think that's really it's good from the point of view of being able to easily um burn a hookup but people that you really want to build a long-term relationship you've identified where the opportunities are to work that's when you want to then go and have coffee yeah and have a good old chat and and, and really get to know them I mean, but you could have a very good conversation with somebody just getting to know where the opportunities might lie. Yeah. And that's where I think this the virtual piece is going to help. And yeah. hopefully, like someone said to me yesterday on a call, we won't have to go up to bloody Harrogate. Sorry, nothing wrong with Harrogate. I love Harrogate, but it was just a long way from where I live. So anywhere that's a long way from where I live, just got there for a chemistry meeting for half an hour yeah. and come all the way back. Hopefully we won't have to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that, that's certainly... I really like Harrogate, by the way. I'm just saying that was just... <laughs> Go Harrogate. Um, Go Harrogate, yeah. And that's certainly what I'm seeing on kind of my side of the fence in terms of field sales. I think it's going to be completely, it's, it's almost going to cease to exist as we knew, we know it. Because to your point, clients like, well, I don't need you just to drop in and kind of, we just, just hop on a Zoom call. We can just have it different. I also totally agree with you that for the longer term, bigger relationships that in-person is, is critical at some point. There needs to be a handoff from here to 
I actually need to meet you if you're going to sign off on a hundred thousand dollar deal with us, whatever that is. I kind of want to meet you and look you in, look, look at the white of your eyes. Yeah, and just yeah exactly. Get... Yeah, just see if you're the kind of cursed person I really can speak. You know, and and is your background a real background? Do you really live in a house, yeah. <laughs> or are you in some caravan or tent at the bottom of the garden? You know, you have a library of all those books you have. <laughs> yes, have we read them all? I'll be checking up on you. <laughs> so no, I think that's uh, I think that's that's really really important. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so fundamentally, I think mm -hmm. um, just bringing it all round, we talked about yeah. the the KPIs, um, and but I think the other thing is. Um, and we could have a whole have another whole session on how individual people could help. But I mean, for example, if you're an account director, you could be building relationships through your network yeah. um, for the company, mm -hmm. um, and you could be set a target to be doing that. So that's something that'd be really really easy. Yeah. But I think that what I was going to say fundamentally is how you then make sure that you keep the business up to date. So like we've all done, start off on a path. Yes, we're all going to have new business scheme, part of our DNA, we're going to do this. But actually, four months down the line, is someone talking about it? Is anyone reporting on it? Is anyone actually bothered about it? Because And is there much of a focus? Because if there isn't, or even if it's written into KPIs, it would be the last thing you do. So it's all about, for me, it was all about managing new business backup. So having those conversations, more importantly, for example, we had a bi-weekly meeting with all the senior leadership team mm -hmm. it was more frequently than a management meeting to talk about new business yeah so you know how have you done what you said you're going to do why haven't you done what you said you're going to do do what do you need to do to do what you said you're going to do um you know and that's where you can start talking about you know topics for events and really sort of pick the brains of the, the the senior leadership team so that was something that was really important that was in everyone's diary and that was like a, you didn't miss that you know the ceo was there everyone was there it was really important that i think gave a message out to everybody and the second thing was we probably all have hopefully we all, all agencies have like a monthly update a yeah. few drinks whatever you're going to do make sure new business is always front of foot on that make sure that people are given credit when they've done things make sure that the business is clear about what needs to happen and how much of the pipeline we've got there's no point in the senior management team team shying away from the fact that actually we've got nothing in the pipeline shit it's not looking good you know if we're gonna we're all in it together so we yeah. need to share that and we need to share an action plan we need to make, make you know, people aware that this needs to happen otherwise you know we're gonna have some problems down the line yeah. so that's sort of in follow and sort of summarizing what i can say i think it has to be um throughout the whole business and that needs to be a ongoing dialogue alex manage up manage down it's a, it's a, it's a two-way uh, a two-way street in terms of all that julie this has been awesome and fascinating thank you so much uh, absolute where, pleasure where can people find you i can point them to your website to your linkedin profile on a panel board maybe <laughs> Yeah, you can point me to um, definitely to my LinkedIn. Um, you can obviously get hold of me. And if you want, I think go to LinkedIn if you want to have a chat. If you want to know more about what I do and check me out, then go to my website. Um, there's my phone number on there. Give me a call. I mean, you know, it's all about creating relationships and connecting with people, Alex. It's been an absolute delight. Um, thanks ever so much for giving me the opportunity to chat. And as I said, key thing is, is if we want to talk about process, but what I can help them with is the, the planning process, proposition development. I can mentor your teams, but also at the end of the day, I can get the seeds rolled up and, and help you to build those relationships. However, work, works best for your business and get that um, new business embedded into your, into your agency. Perfect. What a way to end. As always, thanks everybody tuning in and listening. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, you know what to do. If you didn't think of Steve, you put your teeth back in, Alexander. There was me, Judy, saying, I'm not, we're not going to edit things or like screw things. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. 
If you know somebody who you think should be on this podcast, you also know what to uh, to do. Otherwise, I will let Julie get back to her paddleboard yoga. That's for a whole separate story. And I'm in my day. <laughs> yeah, it's Wherever a separate story. World, stay safe and keep well. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Thanks so much, Alex. Thanks. Bye.